the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. It's an honor. Today is Monday, January the 23rd, 2023, in the year of our Lord. On January 23, 1964, the 24th Amendment to the United States Constitution eliminating the poll tax in federal elections was ratified as South Dakota became the 38th state to endorse it. They said, no, we shouldn't have to pay to vote. Today, uh, 1368, China's Ming Dynasty, which lasted nearly three centuries, began following the collapse of the Yuan Dynasty. Today, in 1789, Georgetown University was established in present-day Washington, D.C., Today, in 1845, Congress decided all national elections would be held on the first Tuesday after the first Monday in November. Today, in 1932, New York Governor Franklin D. Roosevelt announced his candidacy for the Democratic presidential nomination. Today, in 1950, the Israeli Knesset approved a resolution affirming Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Today, in 1977, the TV miniseries Roots, Alex Haley's Roots, began airing on ABC. Today, in 1998, during the fighting scandal, the allegations involving Monica Lewinsky, President Clinton got a little fed up with it. He said he didn't have a relationship with her at that point. He was saying that. He told his cabinet, and they kept talking about it, they kept asking him questions. He told his cabinet in a meeting, he said, look, I'm innocent. And he urged them to concentrate on the jobs that he had appointed them to and forget about Monica Lewinsky. Today in 2020, Chinese state media in the city of Wuhan began shutting down outbound flights and trains trying to halt the spread of this new virus that had sickened hundreds of people in Wuhan. In fact, they said at least 17 had died from this virus. Psalm 118 begins with this. Give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. We live in a time where there's a great need for mercy. We live in a very confused, a very depressing to many time. Everything that can be shaken is being shaken today. Psalm 118 continues, This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And verse 28 says, Thou art my God, and I will praise thee. Thou art my God, I will exalt thee. O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. That is the word of the Lord. 
Congresswoman Lauren Bobart, a Republican from Colorado, introduced a bill on Friday that would defund Planned Parenthood and redirect funding to community health centers that do not perform abortions. Clearly, she's going to have an uphill fight on this. The House will probably pass this bill. She introduced the Defund Planned Parenthood Act of 2023 on Friday, support of 29 House Republican co-sponsors. The legislation would place a one-year moratorium on federal funds allotted to Planned Parenthood unless the abortion giant guarantees that no funding. I'm not sure how they would guarantee because their word is not worth much. Unless they guarantee no funding would be used to perform or assist in performing abortions at any of its clinics and affiliates, according to this bill. The nation's largest abortion provider has no business, she says, receiving taxpayer dollars. Planned Parenthood claims these funds go to health care for women. But last year, Bobart says Planned Parenthood performed a record number of abortions while also reducing the number of well-woman exams and breast cancer screenings it performed. In other words, they're doing more and more abortion and less and less so-called women's health care. They always like to use that term, women's health care. They use it as a cover for abortion, for killing unwanted unborn children. And we have sort of accepted that lie in the culture, except there are those among us who have not. Count me in with them. But 100,000 people, conservatively, showed up, as we talked about on Friday, they probably would. We were on at 9 o'clock in the morning here. We originated at 9 o'clock in the morning here, as we do each morning live. As the day progressed on Friday, what we were talking about and hoping for, it certainly materialized conservatively. 100,000 pro-life Americans marched for life, and they celebrated the Supreme Court overturning of Roe v. Wade. You know, there's a there's kind of a new enthusiasm for saving lives. I think that was seen in the March for Life on Friday. There's always been enthusiasm there. Kids, young kids, middle-aged kids, old people, 40, 50, 60, you know, old people show up. They march every year. They've been doing this for 50 years. But this time it was different. I watched the people, I wasn't there, but I watched the people on video and I watched their expression and I saw just a little renewed spark. I mean, they've always had a spark and they've always been for life in these marches and I've followed them for years. If I would have ever had the opportunity to go and march in one of those marches, I would have been there and I'd have jumped in the middle of that and walked down the street, however far they marched. I think it's a little ways, in fact, but... There was a new spark this year. A new enthusiasm for saving lives seemed to kind of permeate the the Capitol and the area around the Capitol on Friday. When 100,000 people gather with one purpose and one agenda, it's a powerful thing. The Biden administration's reaction, however, was sickening. Planned Parenthood is the face of evil. Some of our election officials, like our president and vice president, become the prophets, 
they become the doers. They become the slaves of Planned Parenthood and other organizations like them, the LGBTQ. They bow at their feet and they do their bidding in great part because the money flows to the people like our president and our vice president from the left. Planned Parenthood is now seeking a constitutional amendment for abortion. And Joe Biden, President Biden, is parroting those words saying, yes, I'll work toward that. We need to make progress. With God's help, these people will never raise their hand and put their pen to a piece of paper that constitutionalizes abortion for the greatest money-making scheme of all time, Planned Parenthood and its abortion. I want to talk a little bit more about that today. It's worth two days. I talked about what was about to happen on Friday. I want to talk today a little bit about what did happen and what it means for the future. I want to also thank all of you who make this program possible. These are upside-down times. These are times that defy reason sometimes, what's happening in our culture and why people are doing certain things. Every day we come on the radio and try to talk about the things that are happening and try to do so to the best of our ability through the lens of God's word, through God's truth. And I want to thank you for supporting that. If I didn't feel it was worthwhile and if I didn't feel called to do this, I wouldn't be doing it. But I do and I will as long as God gives me the opportunity to do so and we can and as long as you'll stand with me and support it, I thank you for all of you who write checks every month or go online and make a contribution who make this program possible. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. It allows me to do what I feel God has called me to do. And I am greatly, greatly, humbly appreciative. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009 box 399 Bellevue 98009 or you can go online to our website it's faithandfreedom.us you can make a .us don't go to .com or .net or something else it's .us like United States because there are a growing number of websites and organizations that are picking up on the Faith and Freedom Foundation or the Faith and Freedom Coalition or whatever And all of this has started since we started using that name. And and so there's a little confusion there. But, um, man, be sure it's us if you intend to support us, not somebody else. There's also a Muslim organization that faithandfreedom.something.org or something like that. Uh, That's not us either. Faithandfreedom.us. It was expected that 100,000 people would show up. The press... I think was hoping for less. I I do. I I think many of them hoped it would be less turnout so they could write lengthy articles about how that the enthusiasm against Roe v. Wade has now begun to wane. And the Christian people stayed home this year. They didn't march as they have in past years. Oh, no, that didn't happen. 
Reflecting on this year's historic march, Carol Tobias, she's the president of National Right to Life, she said the pro-life movement has huge new opportunities. She's looking ahead. God bless her. To protect innocent human lives through education and legislation. This is one of the few times that I've seen us, and I'm not talking about them, I'm talking about us, in the Christian community begin to become proactive rather than reactive. So often we are, and I mean, by virtue of defending the faith, we are reactive because there's nothing to defend until somebody attacks the faith. And I understand that. But so often we're caught in that trap where we Christians have to kind of react to certain things. You don't expect a president of the United States to come along and say the crazy things that President Biden says that are so morally depraved, it's almost unthinkable some of the things that he's advocating for. I mean, really, it is. So you don't expect that. So he comes along, and these things begin to happen, and statements are being made by the most powerful office in the world. And so, of course, we react to that, and we say, wait a minute, no, that's not true. And we try to tell the public, don't believe him, believe the Bible. So, understandably, what we do is often reactive. But when we can and when we have the opportunity, and there are many more opportunities than we've taken advantage of, we can be proactive and move forward with a planned program and a planned agenda. That's what I heard in Carol Tobias saying, through education and legislation. As tens of thousands march today to remember Roe and the loss of life since 1973, we praise the work of pro-life people who gave their time, their energy, and their finances to help women facing an unexpected pregnancy, she said. She said those efforts have saved millions of lives post-Dobbs. Dobbs is the case that overturned, basically the, the ruling on the case of Dobbs overturned Roe v. Wade. She said the post-Dobbs will save millions more lives. Research by her organization put the number of unborn babies lost to abortion under Roe v. Wade at 64.4 million. In fact, the day she said this, the number was exactly 64,443,118 babies have been killed under Roe v. Wade. And the leader of the pack, Planned Parenthood. That's why I say without apology. Planned Parenthood is the face of evil. People who respect the sanctity of life across the country took a deep breath. This weekend, I was among them, and I hope you were as well, and I think you were. We all said together, thank you, God. May the killing of unwanted babies one day be over. The Biden administration's reaction was quite different. Vice President Harris, boy, she went to Tallahassee and she told us what for. She said abortion rights are under attack across the United States. She gave the speech yesterday on Sunday, the Lord's Day, in Tallahassee, Florida. She was talking about the 50th anniversary of Roe v. Wade the court decision that supposedly discovered the right to abortion being overturned. Vice President Kamala Harris said, the right of every woman in every state in the country 
to make decisions about her own body is on the line. Republicans in Congress, she said, are now calling for an abortion ban at the moment of conception nationwide. Then she shouted, how dare they? She was mad. She really believes in abortion. She believes that every woman should have the right. In fact, it's in the Constitution, they think, to kill an unwanted, unborn child. (laughs) Interestingly enough, speaking of Tallahassee, Florida, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, he also offered a message of support from Tallahassee to the attendees at the 50th Annual March for Life on Friday. He tweeted, First Lady Casey DeSantis and I stand with the thousands gathered uh, today in D.C. as they march for life. He said, Thank you for being a voice for the voiceless. DeSantis has, has already taken steps this year to protect preborn babies from abortion in the state of Florida. He's he is really a, a, a leader on a number of fronts. This is one of them. On January 11th, his administration warned pharmacists that they could not dispense chemical abortion drugs under Florida law. Well, that was a blow to their economy. Of course, they were counting on it because Biden was telling them everything's fine. Load up the counters with your pills. President Joe Biden and his administration changed the regulations on abortion drugs to allow Walgreens, CVS, and other pharmacies to essentially become abortion facilities. I mean, that's what it was. He said, you know, the day of restriction on life is over. The light of the recent decision by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration to allow these retail pharmacies to dispense these drugs is kind of alerted people like Ron DeSantis, and he took action immediately. He said, oh, no, you don't. We're not going to do that here. He reminded providers that they must continue to comply with Florida laws that govern the performance of abortions. And he put it in writing. He didn't just say it. He sent a letter to them. He said, don't do it or we'll take legal action against you. Florida is not a place where people come to kill their unwanted babies. We need more of that. And there is a growing chorus of that among conservatives. Sometimes the the voice and the words of the left are so loud and so um, obnoxious and so... Um, morally corrupt and bankrupt that we get the feeling that everybody kind of feels that way. They don't. There are leaders emerging in America today that have the strong, strongest possible feelings about abortion, about human sexuality, about normalcy, about biblical creation as far as male and female and so on. There's a number of leaders emerging today who could be president of the United States if elected and do a great job. I mean, it's they're out there. And I feel personally that they're, we're approaching a, a bit of a tipping point. And I know that's kind of an old term from a book that was written a few years ago. It was a wonderful book, actually. It said some good things. But for be- lack of a better way to illustrate it, kind of a tipping point, the left is way overreaching. They're overreaching on on issues of abortion. They're overreaching on human sexuality. Parents are are getting fed up. Liberal parents. I mean, like people that live in Seattle and Portland and 
Tucson. That's kind of a liberal area I'm learning from the people who support us there. They're not liberal, and there are some very fine people there. But some of the cities we're in as as a program, uh, I've had I've actually had I don't want to digress, but I've actually had people tell me, you know, Gary, if if you'd pick out more conservative cities to put your program, man, you you'd get stronger support because there's more conservative people there. They're right. And believe me, you have to consider those things when you have a ministry that costs, you know, a lot of money to be on the media every month. But on the other hand, the reason we're on is to change people's hearts and lives with the gospel of Jesus Christ through our talking about current events live every morning. So do I go where the people are are vastly outnumbered, maybe the conservatives? Or do we just go to people who agree with us, cultures and cities and so on? That's that's the question, and it's not really a dilemma. Every time I will, I prefer to walk into an environment where they don't agree with me and try to present the gospel in the power of the Holy Spirit to penetrate lives and hearts and change minds and change hearts. Not me, but allow be useful. To the Lord to change hearts and minds. So when you do that, and when you go into these areas, I'm finding that there are people in the most liberal cities are beginning to push back and say, you know what? Just as some as people are pushing back on too much abortion, people are beginning to push back on the whole LGBTQ plus thing. There was a time when they were worshipped as tolerant and the, the, the king and queen of tolerance and, and inclusivity and all of this, that's kind of changing a little bit now. And I don't think they know that. I don't think they've caught on to that. They will. But the, the Black Lives Matter thing was a disaster. Those two women that started it, they were, were black lesbians, but they started it and they said right up at, at the get-go, we're trained Marxists. Both of them said that in a matter of months 12 to 24 months, they'd raised tens of millions of dollars. Then all of a sudden, they started buying homes, very expensive homes, all over the place. I mean, literally, they did. And then they didn't show up for work, and then they left. The, they re, re, resigned from the company, the organization. And the organization was sitting there with $30 million or something left in the bank, and nobody knew what to do with it. They kind of walked away and... To live the good life. I mean, the this is where the left goes. And people are beginning to say, wait a minute. I'm a liberal. You know, I'm not one of those right-wingers. But boy, this is too much. And I say, praise the Lord. I'm glad they're beginning to feel it a little bit. And I hope that that will push them more towards the truth. Not my truth, but God's truth. According to Omeris poll, nearly half of Democrats support abortion restrictions after the first trimester, and yet listening to Planned Parenthood, you would think that nobody except a few weird right-wingers believed in the right to life. The poll found that 32% of Democrat respondents believe abortion should be available to a woman anytime she wants one during her entire pregnancy, not 50% or 100%, 32%. 
Just 19% believe that abortion should be allowed only during the first six months of pregnancy. 29% suggested a smaller window saying that abortion should be allowed only during the first three months of a pregnancy. An additional 13% said the procedure should be allowed only in cases of rape, incest, or or to save the life of the mother, while 3% said it should be allowed only to save the life of the mother, and 4% said it should never be permitted under any circumstance. If you look at those numbers and total them up, 49% of Democrats say they believed in at least some level of restriction on abortions. You don't get that sense when you watch the President of the United States and the Vice President of the United States and Planned Parenthood and all the people that reap and enrich themselves with millions of dollars. You don't get that feeling, but that's where America is. That's why the left and the Democratic Party is so out of touch. This is a good day if they can advance their agenda. For the believer, for the conservative and the believer This is a good day because this is the day that the Lord has made. And all of his blessings, children, and all. It's two very, very different worldviews. This poll that I was just reading from is a Marist poll. It just came out a few days ago. It's current. VP Harris's speech was part of a larger effort by the pro-abortion movement. Ironically, the pro-abortion movement is trying to claim the moral high ground on this, if, if you could believe that. In fact, that ironically puts both sides claiming moral high ground in the fight for life. Who believes in life more? That's an easy one. A fifth grader can figure that out. A kindergartner can figure that out. They are claiming the high ground, the moral high ground, because they want to kill babies, and they say that is the moral path forward that a woman has the right to kill a baby that's unwanted. And the believers and the conservatives are saying, "Uh, wait a minute, life has some value, some sanctity. We can't do this. I'm not feeling comfortable with this. You're taking it too far. What's going to happen now is the fight for life will move to the state capitals and to the courts. The rally VP Harris spoke to in Florida was part of the National Women's March. That's a march for abortion. They'll be marching in cities all around, and the press will put put a message to this nation that says everybody is saying that a woman has a right to an abortion. The Constitution says that, and the Supreme Court stripped it out of the Constitution. That's what you're going to be hearing. The parades, the marches for abortion will be probably larger in places like Washington and Oregon and California. The bottom line is a defiant, the end justifies any means position on the part of those who are pro-abortion. Alexis McGill Johnson, she's the president and the CEO of Planned Parenthood Federation. She wrote in a recent Teen Vogue op-ed, if your child or grandchild is reading Teen Vogue, Don't let them do it. I don't have time to get into Teen Vogue, but it's awful. She said we have, she was in an article that they featured her. We have to make sure our rights don't ebb and flow with every election cycle and suggested that the goal is to ultimately amend the U.S. Constitution to guarantee abortion success for all time. This is why she says I'm letting go of Roe v. Wade, what would be its 50th anniversary, She said, I'm letting go of Roe because I'm betting on better. 
for generations to come. They want to change the Constitution of the United States to affirm murdering children. Thank you for being with me today, and thank you again for your support. We will continue this conversation right here tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.